first gaming um, console was an Odyssey. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you haven't because it was long. And Atari was our first one. Yeah, so Atari I, was mine. Well, I think Odyssey was like the, the probably the little Kmart version of a, of an Atari because <laughs> all my buddies had Ataris or Activisions or Intellivisions, okay. and I had an Odyssey. And so, like, instead of having Pong, it'd be like Ping, you know. And so instead of, <laughs> instead, of <laughs> instead of Space Invaders, you'd have like, you know, Space, I don't know, Mutants or something. It was whatever. <laughs> This thing on. Welcome to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping ministry leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. My name is Chris Lynch. Concoctions, <laughs> something. I know. It's like I don't know what we're doing. I've today. done that thirty-seven times or ish, and you would think that I would have that committed to memory. I don't. Now people know that that is not pre-recorded. Yes, that, that is live every time. Yeah, every time I do check, check one, two, is this <laughs> thing on? It's actually, yes, it is not, it is not spliced and, and put together. Uh, my name is Chris Lynch, uh, the host of the Cultivating Ministry podcast. I'm joined again by a couple of my friends. Uh, Laura, tell us who you are and what's going on in your world right now. Laura McLean from beautiful East Tennessee, where everything is in bloom and making my nose stuffy. By the way, so- I want you to know this that I don't know that I've ever. I haven't paid enough attention to it, but I have always wrestled with whether to call you Laura McLean or more Laura McLean. Yep. And so it is good to know that it's actually to to embed in my mind that it is McLean. Because I think McLean, I have often yeah. said when I've introduced you, I've called you Laura McLean. I think. Oh. Um, never corrected me. I had to go listen to some of these podcasts before where I've introduced you guys. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, my husband says, especially to the boys, that you know, like when it's time to clean up or whatever he said cleans in your name you've got to really you've funny. got to take care of it that's so, really there you funny. Go. <laughs> yeah, that you, sucks for them yeah <laughs> and me, i was not right born now? into it <laughs> true 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 um i'm Kay wolfinger some people say wolfinger but that's not it's oh. like it's a finger um we and have, we, have, from, we have we have clean fingers around here yes they do <laughs> Uh, I'm from beautiful Northeast Ohio, and they're laughing at me. Hey, today no. beautiful. I it see, was. It's I not can, snowing. That's true. It's, it's not, not snowing. Gray. It's not gray today, and it's oh. not gray, and it's snowing. It's not snowing. It was snowing earlier this She's week. So used to saying it's snowing. It's that snowing. Says, <laughs> the default is it's snowing. Right. It's snowing. <laughs> I'm always sending them pictures of snow. <laughs> um. It actually because it's like a... sending us pictures of a unicorn where we live. <laughs> That's right. Stop. <laughs> um, we actually had a mild winter this winter, so there's Good that. For you. Yeah. Good for you. And my name is Chris Lynch uh, from the great state of South Carolina, the Palmetto State, in case you're wondering. And I know nobody was, but now you know. Um, Do you know what our state is known for? The no. football hall, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Okay. No, what do you call it? Ohio, the what state? I don't know. I know Tennessee's the volunteer state. Volunteer I don't know what Ohio state. is. The Buckeye state. Oh, it is oh, the Buckeye. I, oh. See, I should have known that. Yeah. Buckeyes are a fantastic candy. Yes, they, they are. are. I'll give they you are. that. I don't know what an actual Buckeye is, but the Buckeye My granddaddy candy. used to you... always carry a Buckeye for good luck. Good luck. Yeah. yeah. You don't have Buckeye trees? We have trees. 
Yeah. That drop Buckeyes. And people think, make necklaces and they out look of like them. The candy. You have those in Tennessee, Laura? Yeah. Well, you know, now that I'm saying this, I've never seen one in Knoxville, but he lived in, my grandparents lived in uh, Middle Tennessee and they had them. I'm Googling that. I don't, are Buckeye, nope, I can't type, guys. Buckeye trees. Did you say people make necklaces out of them? They do. Mm-hmm. I high state fans. That makes yeah. sense. It's supposed to be good luck, though. Yeah. 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 I have to send huh. you all like real Buckeyes. In case you're wondering, the most commonly encountered Buckeye tree in South Carolina is the native red Buckeye. I was wondering. Yeah. Cool. Now I can I mean, sleep tonight. I yeah, I don't know. That I've, I don't know that I've ever said, oh, look at the pretty Buckeye. We have a, a crap load of pines and oaks. Yeah. Do you know what oaks. the leaves look like? No, I have no clue. I'm sure I can Google that too. What do they it, look like? Like look another like a, plant? Yes. Like that, that's illegal in some places. Oh, that's right. You know why I do know that? Because I'm a football fan and they have those on the back of the helmets. When, oh, yeah, that's right. State. It looks like a marijuana leaf. Yep. It does, yeah. Right, so, yes, I do know what those leaves look like, thanks to the football team from your state. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. So, welcome, everyone. Yeah, that's right. Here we are. <laughs> We should rename this podcast the Tangent Podcast because we get off more tangents than anybody in the world. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, and, and we try to keep it like contained. Yeah, we don't. That's not yeah, this is us being good. <laughs> yeah, it's not intentional. Um, well, the random fact in the session is so each podcast is definitely intentional. But yeah, um, so we, I guess, we're kind of in, in this transition. Um, I don't want to call it a series. It's probably two episodes. But we talked last week about transitions in terms of staff. We're also nearing that time of the year uh, where um, there are transitions for for school age kids, uh, whether that's moving from uh, children's ministry to youth ministry. Uh, If you have a church where you have junior high and senior high separate ministries, they're transitioning from junior high to senior high. And then you also have this um, transition of, of as folks graduate high school and move to college. And even for that matter, folks who graduate college and move to um the next step, whether that's workforce or military or, or whatever it may be, or grad school. I don't know. Uh, and so we just want to talk about maybe some this week, some t- some tips and, and hints that, that might be helpful as, as you navigate that to help those that you serve uh, make that transition smoothly, easily, et cetera. Um, we, we, we thought we shared, do you have a, a, a great story from your, from your college age, college, maybe it didn't have to be necessarily transitioned, I guess, but, um, of something you share from, um, an experience you had as a new college student, new high school student, whatever it might be, what, what, what you got for us? What, what do you, what do you want to share with the, with the great people that listen to the cultivating ministry podcast? So I went to a small Methodist liberal arts school in Southwest Virginia called Emory and Henry College that is about to become a university and I'll hold my feelings on that for now. But um, I'm uh, very curious, but I'll wait. Yeah. yeah. Eh. Anyway, whatever. It just seems like it's the thing, the trendy thing to do. And I feel like we're above trends, but whatever. Um, So, but so like very quaint, you know, all the things like, so move-in day, we had bought, my parents, we spent the night in Abingdon so we could be there early, all the things. We had bought this rug um, for my dorm room 
and the only way it would fit in my parents uh pontiac bonneville was from the front seat diagonally to the back so the front seat had to be laid back flat so nobody could sit behind it so my mom i drove my mom sat on the the carpet all like hunched over just (laughs) so we could get to campus well when you get to campus the president is at the entrance handing out breakfast to everyone as they pull on to campus so my mom is like thank you nice to meet you you know like all hunched over and um so we made an excellent first impression but that will always stick with me that's really funny (laughs) how about you Kay? Um, I'm going to share two quick one, just so that you understand me as a person um, transition. Uh, yeah. So we had um, an intermediate school, fifth, sixth grade, and then a junior, we called it junior high, seventh, eighth, it would be middle school now, whatever. And so going to that seventh and eighth grade building, it was three floors that were kind of in two separate buildings, but connected um, huge And I was so nervous um, first day, seventh grade, that I literally got sick to my stomach and couldn't go to school the first day of seventh grade, which was even worse then because everyone else got to go and go through their class because, you know, also your your classes are all you got to move between all your classes. And so then the second day was even worse because everyone else had had a first day and Mm. It was horrible. So I went from that in seventh grade to I went to Kent State University. Um, if I ever knew that. Y- y'all didn't know that? I don't, no, I don't, I don't know, know where. I that. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you do know Kent State, though, right? The yeah. History. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Zips, mm-hmm. right? The Zips, yeah. And, you know, May 4th, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's even a song about it. Um, May 4th? Yeah, the shootings, the students in 1970. No, I don't know that. There's a song. There's even a song about it. Um, In Ohio. Yeah, no. Okay. Nothing. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, maybe. Um, Okay, yeah, Google it. Um, On it. But that was four hours from my home. I grew up on the west side of Ohio and knew no one. Well, there was one person a year older than me. But even back when I went to school, there was over 20,000 students on campus. And so um, so I went from being in seventh grade so afraid right, of this new building to going across the state, not knowing anyone on campus and my mom leaving me, my roommates were all sophomores and we had freshman week. And so I was all by myself and she left me and was, um, you know, crying on the way home. Oh, Yeah. I, it, it was a tough time. Freshman year is a tough time. There's another, you know, podcast for all that, but um, yeah. Interesting. Did you find the song? Yeah, it was called it's called Ohio by Crosby Stills and Nash. Um You were right. I'll listen later. Interesting. Uh I have a couple of stories. Um w- one is that so I had this weird transition. So w- when I was in third grade, my dad got transferred from Anderson to Spartanburg, South Carolina. And we moved on Halloween Day, or was on a Saturday. Um <laughs> And so 
on May, I'm in May. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I didn't go to school <laughs> for six months. On November 2nd, I had my first day at Westview Elementary School. And it's funny how, and this will tell you a little bit about the, the impact that the fact that I remember this, the details I remember will tell you the impact that a transition has on a young person. But I can remember going to Miss Rich's was my homeroom teacher. Miss Rich was in a portable outside of the school and the principal mm-hmm. walked me down there and they sat, they sat me down beside Marsha Burnett and I cried like a baby. Oh, um, oh. Was, wait, how old were you? I was eight, third grade. Mm-hmm. So I was absolutely scared to death, petrified. And so I, my, my buddies to this day, so I can tell if you've known me for a long time, because you've known me since high school, you call me block. Mm-hmm. because my name was blockhead and one of my best <laughs> friends to this day his name is chad norris the pastor um that it was actually the next day he invited me to go hang out with them at lunch or a recess or something and they became some of my best friends to this day two of the guys i still want to text with two of those guys that i met that day um and two days into it he says you got a square head i'm gonna call you blockhead <laughs> and so um, and I did. I had a square head. Back then, I was even fatter than I am now, or chubbier than I was really fat now. But I had kind of chubby cheeks, and so I did kind of a square head. And so they call me Blockhead. And but I, I but, but it was funny because even getting the nickname that was maybe not. Um, I mean, let's face it, Blockhead is yeah. not a cool nickname. I mean, it's kind of almost sounds condescending. But for me, that was a I've got a place here type thing, right? You know. Well, and, they haven't. Yeah. Go ahead. What? I was going to say, if you have a nickname, then that's pretty oh, cool. Although, yeah, then you're cool. And even if it's a stupid cool. name like Block. Yeah. Um, you know, um, the other the other story I was going to tell was when I went to, so I spent, I did two years at Spartanburg Methodist College. I was not Methodist growing up, but I went to Spartanburg Methodist College in uh, Spartanburg. It was a two-year junior college. And <laughs> we moved in the first day and there were, there were four of us who went to high school together that were roommates and suite mates. And they were in a, we were in a suite of eight people. And I kid you not, um, there was a guy named Joe Truxus from Bishop England High School, which is down near Charleston, South Carolina. Joe moves in, and within five minutes of being there, all of a sudden, it's like I was at a rock concert, and I'll never forget it was. He is blaring ACDC, and I'm like, this is going to be freaking awesome, because it's like he had the greatest sound system in the history of mankind. I swear it was like being in a concert. And so I remember that being my welcome to Spartanburg Methodist College. That's awesome. Just a couple of stories there. Um, so let, let's let's give some insight now into transitioning in terms of ministry. Um, and, and y'all can jump wherever you want to go as far as you know which transition you want to talk about. But what are what are some um, things that are helpful uh, to help young people um, uh, transition, whether they're children, youth, college age, whatever, from one. Um, one one um stage of life to the next. Well, I think we in ministry always see that at those transition times, it's an easy time for people to just not reconnect, to drop off. Or, I mean, in the local church, I saw this all the time at confirmation. Like we've checked that box and we've moved on or from children's ministry to youth ministry. And, and so I think it is really important for us to think about those connections, which is what we're doing today, but um, that there are intentional steps to making that an easier transition for folks, because I mean, when I was 
in a local church and youth ministry and didn't have kids of my own, I don't know that I recognized that it was that big of a deal to go from children's ministry to youth ministry, you know, but now looking at it with a different set of eyes, I see like things are very different, you know, and um, Mm -hmm. just the supervision and the things that go on, not, not bad things, but like trips, that's not something typically that uh, children's ministry does. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I didn't, I was like, well, of course we're all good people. It'll be fine. Come on. So I think, um, I think, information for parents is really helpful but then I think um really clear steps for the students or the children are really helpful too so um like buddies within the ministry Mm -hmm. somebody that's older that can buddy up with the younger one um some sort of introductory party or just something fun where you make sure that the students who are already a part of a ministry are reaching out and welcoming and those kinds of things to the younger ones, I think, um, for those internal, I guess, uh, transitions are really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good time to have, um, traditions Mm. set up, um, so that it's almost like a safety net. Um, and it gives it, if it's a tradition that you're starting, then the younger ages, know to look forward to that, especially Mm -hmm. if they have older siblings who've gotten to do that. Um, A couple examples I'll give that we did um, one that would totally, well, two that would totally not work in this day and age. Um, One of them was um, we would do a kidnapping of our seventh graders. So the eighth graders would ride around in cars and the parents would know that this was happening, but the kids didn't. And we would kidnap the seventh graders out of their um, houses Mm -hmm. and have this huge caravan and, you know, honking and beeping when we left. And then we would end up at a party um, at the, once we collected all the seventh graders. Um, So it's kind of an excuse to go to the first youth group, you know, well, it wasn't even, they didnn't even know that they were right, going. Choice. We're taking yeah. you whether you like it. We were taking you whether you yeah. like it or not. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and so okay, that was maybe, always... they, maybe they should have done that for you when, when you didn't want to go to that school. This is kind of, so I want you to come and, show up and take me. you to school the first day. <laughs> yes. Well, it wasn't pretty. So I, <laughs> anyway, uh, we will go there. Um, and then, for um, freshmen, we would do a, well, two things. I agree, like the confirmation thing is huge and it's a great time to bring in, we, again, um, we called them ex-cons because they were ex-confirmands. Uh, I don't know that you could do that in this day and age. Say some things change. Bunch of ex-cons so, go kidnap our go kids. Kidnap, yeah. Right. Like, what in the world are we doing? We run a prison or a ministry. I know. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was a long time ago. You know, right. it's okay change. then. Um, you got leaves that look like marijuana. I mean, good gosh, this is like, a, what in the <laughs> so world? They all have a but so they were upperclassmen that would come and um, would you know, be the faith friend, whatever cutie little thing you all want to call it in the South, in the Bible Belt. Um, Bless your heart. <laughs> whatever, whatever kind of Christian name you give it. Yeah. Yes. Um, but they, you know, they walked through confirmation with them. And then um, I encouraged them to, 
at school that like, mm-hmm. so yeah, the transitions are hard in ministry, but also remember they're transitioning in their schools mm-hmm. too. And yeah. so being that buddy or friend um, in the school as well, I think is important. And I won't even tell you what we did at a confirmation retreat. Like it was a whole like roughing up. It, yeah. I won't, they were the Romans and we, you know, we were the Christians and we were going to go out and worship together. Were they, yeah. Anyway, this long story. Is an exercise in what we don't do anymore. We also <laughs> I, play I, Chubby I, Bunny. So I'm just hoping that. you didn't do like circumcision of the Gentiles, you know, it's geez, of Pete. Um, maybe that's over the line. Sorry. Oh my gosh. That may have came out before I thought it through. It sometimes happens. <laughs> Um, it's wow. like toothpaste. You can't put it back in. That's right. Oh, There's well. a lesson. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get on the Cultivating Ministry podcast. That's for there sure. There you go. Right. Um, yeah. So we actually had, Katie, about your traditions. We, we, our, our first um, youth meeting in the fall, uh, when new sixth graders would come in, uh, into the ministry, we always did a scavenger hunt. And it basically required them to be in um, a group with, not just their yeah. kids they've been in, in the church with during Sunday school or children's ministry or whatever. So that was always helpful. The other thing that did too was, and I think this is important is do what you can to prepare the, the older youth, the older college kids, the ones who are already in the ministry and are, and are comfortable there is the week before I always made it a point to say, Hey, look, you know, next week we're going to have new kids here. This will be their first time. And mm-hmm. I always remind them, you know, think back to your first time. And remember how, remember those feelings of fear, uh, anxiety, mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. that you probably felt at some point when you were entering into this ministry and, and, and make it a point to try to help alleviate that as much as you can for these folks. And, and so we, mm-hmm. we create a culture where that was, was, was a part of what you did as an older young person or an older college student or whatever. Um, and and I think I love the big kind of the when I when you said it, the first thing I thought was big brother big sister idea of mm-hmm. having them have a buddy that's going to make sure they um, connect on some level that's good. Um, I think also in, in your volunteers um, training them not just to to befriend those folks the the new people but also to be to be on the lookout for kind of warning signs of of yeah. discomfort you know the, and and try and not only having them know what to look for, uh, you know, of high levels of anxiety or fear or shying away, but also give them some tools to help. If you see that, here's what, here are a couple of things you might consider that would be helpful to pull them in that aren't going to be singling them out, make it, it's going to make it worse. Right. I think sometimes, you know, particularly like as, as a, as an extrovert, here, if if I see so, if, if there's an introvert who's sh- very shy, I'm just going to try to drag them into the middle of it up front, and that's going to make it worse. You know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. just kind of teaching them some of the things. Um, we so we, we also okay. did. Uh, um, we would do a a um an orientation night where parents and yeah. youth would come, and, and at that orientation before they came to their first meeting. And we would tell them this is kind of what you're going to, this is what you can expect. Again, again, creating clear expectations of what you are. This is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what, if, if you don't feel comfortable, this is what to do. You know, mm-hmm. anything to prepare them for what's about to have happen. Um, and also let them know that if you do feel uncomfortable, um, let an adult know, you mm-hmm. know, so we can help you. We, we are here to help you. 
We want this to be a positive experience. And, and that speaks to first impressions, you know? And so being really clear or really intentional, I guess a better word of how do we create a really good first impression is, is going to be critical. You're going to say something else. Okay, go ahead. Well, it was kind of along the lines of what you just said was we would do a high school uh, for a while it was a survivor, you know, when survivor was big party and we would have the freshmen come first for, you know, an hour or so to do those like introductions, expectations, but it also made it more comfortable than for them to walk into a youth group, not, you know, not knowing if who's there or whatever, then they came together as just them. And then the upperclassmen would come and be added to it. So really thinking about remembering what it was like to be that age and, um, and how scary sometimes, you know, um, it, it was in those times of transition. Um, and then even preparing, right? Like months in, a, in advance. So if it's those children coming into youth ministry, then maybe it's your junior high helping out in Sunday school, some mm-hmm. leading yeah. up to, so they get to know them. Or, you know, I think of the college students, we would, uh, or the seniors, we would pull them out of Sunday school the last three to six months of their senior year. First of all, they don't show up in the spring anyway, right? I don't know. As as seniors, they're always so crazy. So we would create their own Sunday school class and bring alumni in, uh, especially around spring break time, and have them share tips mm-hmm. and tricks of, you know, what it's like to transition into next stages in, you know, if you know that you have students who are going to go on to military, be intentional about bringing in, um, you know, uh, your military alum or what have you. Um, but preparing months in advance rather than day of or mm-hmm. week before is good too, I think. Yep, for sure. And I was going to add that. So folks who are moving on to the next, like graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. So if they're going to a college and you know that there's a great campus ministry there, or, you know, of a local church that's close by, or, you know, of older students who are there, I think making those connections and helping the students make those connections is huge. One of my youth leaders said um, the advice he always gave us was, um, to find some sort of Christian community within your first 24 hours on campus. He said, you will find time, you will find things to fill up your time, no matter what. So Mm -hmm. make a priority to find some sort of community that could be a, a a Bible study in your uh, residence hall. That could be a Mm -hmm. campus ministry. That could be a church, whatever it is. Um, And I, that has always really stuck with me. Um, And I know our campus ministers also really appreciate getting the heads up on who's coming to campus so that, they already have folks to reach out to and um, contact information and that kind of stuff. So, yep. Uh, you know, one of the things, and Kay touched on this a little bit, I, I'll just kind of re reiterate it too, is that um, I think it was Marco, you know, Marco was, Marco Strucker was a uh, junior high youth pastor and he would talk about the transition from junior high to senior high. And uh, about a month or so, maybe two weeks before and two weeks after that transition time, they were intentional about having leaders from the senior high ministry come to junior high ministry 
for a couple of weeks to introduce mm-hmm. themselves, to build relationships. And then when they transitioned, they made it intentional for the junior high workers, some of the junior high youth workers, uh, volunteers to go to the senior high stuff. So it's just the, the um, uh, familiar faces was mm-hmm. another level of comfort. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, that, I mean, that's the word that to, to any way you can, anything you can do that's going to create a more comfortable environment. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's the 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 programming um, through the programming element where it's not, you know, you're not going to on their first week ask them to have a, you know, a, a theological conversation about the their theology of the Trinity, you know, <laughs> um, or whether that's having familiar faces or having giving them kind of the expectations of what to expect, et cetera. Um, that's that'd be good as well. Yeah. Any um any last minute things that jump in your mind that we need to hit on? That's um that we haven't covered. Um, you know what we haven't covered is just the importance of the staff. Yeah. If you're on staff, working with the staff on both sides of your ministry, um, so, and the importance of that team working together on transitioning yeah. um, and being intentional about that. It's, it's a it's taking a holistic approach to the person. Yeah, I mean, not just mm-hmm. saying I only care, but because if you don't do that, it's a, the 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 unintended message that it gives is I only care about you while you're a teenager. Right. I only care about you while you're a kid, and once you're a teenager, right. I'm done with you. You're dead to me. You know. Yeah. It's focused on the numbers then and not the, you know, the right. person so, relationships. Yeah, I think that's great. So uh, thinking about that whole person is, is very good. Yeah, for sure. Um, random fact of the week, in case you're ready. Ready. <clears throat> Super Let's Mario go. Super Mario Land was the most popular game on the Game Boy during its release. Do you guys remember the Game Boys? Yeah. Yes, I didn't have one. I didn't have one, but I remember them. They came after me. My kids had them. Yeah, yeah, me too. But I, I played it a good bit. My, Michelle's grandmother had a Game Boy. Like, loved the Game Boy. Like, you go to her awesome. grand, you'd go to her grandma's house, and she's over there in a recliner with a Game Boy playing the game. You're kidding that. me. That is hilarious. Yeah, I love that. but it's also the it was is also the first platform where the Mario games had released. So there was not a Mario Brothers on Nintendo until it was on Game Boy. That's pretty. Oh. And to this day, Super Mario Land continues to be one of the highest ranked games loved by retro gamers. Uh, there's now a movie, a Mario Brothers movie. Um, which it was good. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, Laura, have you have. seen it? Yes. Did you see it really? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was good. I, we enjoyed I feel it. young boys, you had to see it. Um, yep. I loved it. I am what year? <sighs> what year? What? Did, that, did, that, did the game come out? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't say that here. That's interesting. Randofacts.net. That's the end um, of his knowledge on that. Okay. I would, I would say though that that I was much more of a Tetris fan than I was. I love Tetris. Now Tetris was my jam. Mm-hmm. So we we have a Switch, and there is mm-hmm. a game called Mario Party, and it is so fun. They have on there. They've got mini games, and there's Tetrisy kind of games. But so it plays for like, <clears throat> excuse me, a minute against each other super fun so you do that and that's what's cool now is you play with the with the whole in the back back in my day we didn't have the stinking internet <laughs> and so you didn't get to connect you play basically you played games by yourself mm-hmm. but now you can play. that's what i played pong pong yeah because had... the switch you can put it on the big tv or you can play it individually super my fun. my first gaming um console was an odyssey 
I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'm I'm sure you haven't because it was long. And Atari was our first one. Yeah, so Atari I, was mine. My, well, I think Odyssey was like the, the probably the little Kmart version of a, of an Atari because <laughs> all my buddies had Ataris or Activisions or Intellivisions, okay. and I had an Odyssey. And so, like, instead of having Pong, it'd be like ping, you know, instead of, <laughs> instead, of, instead, of <laughs> instead of space invaders, you'd have like, you know, space, I don't know, mutants or something. It was whatever. That's funny. It's kind of like the generic, instead of Dr. Pepper, we get Dr. Thunder down here yep. in the south yes. or, or yes. Mountain, Mountain Mist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's like whatever. So, yeah, that was me. So. That is I'm, I'm kind of maybe I'm scarred because of that still. Yeah. So all your friends said, "Don't go to Block's house. He doesn't have the real That's gaming a, yeah. system." <laughs> You're going to be drinking Doctor Thunder. You'll be drinking Doctor Thunder, playing Space Mutants. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, friends. Thanks for joining us as always. The Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Um, look out. Uh, re- look, reach out. I was trying to say look Whatever. for us or look reach out. out to us. <laughs> Look for us. Things. Look for us on social media, Instagram, and Facebook at Cultivate Group. C U L T I V, the number eight group. Uh, check out our website, cultivategroup.org. Again, still C U L T I V, the number eight group.org. Uh, you can connect with us there if you'd like us to come in and come alongside you for coaching or consulting or whatever it might be. Uh, rate, review, like this podcast, share it with a friend if you enjoyed it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Cultivating Ministry Podcast. Strategies, resources, and conversations equipping leaders to cultivate healthy ministry environments. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, rate, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. We would love to connect with you on social media, so follow Cultivate Group at C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight group, on Instagram and Facebook. And check out our website at cultivategroup.org. That's C-U-L-T-I-V, the number eight, group.org. Thanks for listening. See you next time.